Are you recently out of a long-term relationship and diving back into the dating pool? Are you just free-floating out there at risk to being dragged under by a new love interest? This is Thirsty the Podcast, Floundering Felix. So last week, Heather shared her story about Ted and her first post-marriage relationship. It was a very nice, positive story in the end. Um, So I thought today I would go into my way, way back machine and um, back to 2018. Times were simpler then. We could leave our homes, do lots of things. We could date with reckless abandon. And I thought I would share about my first person I dated um, after I um, after my marriage ended. It is a little less of a positive story than Heather's story last week. So starting out, I did not go to Tinder. It took me a while to get to Tinder. I still don't care for the Tinder. Um, someone said Bumble was a nice app for women because we message first. And apparently that's supposed to be better. I'm unclear about that, but fine. So I joined Bumble. Probably had terrible pictures. I have no clue what my profile said, but it probably was terrible. Um, I didn't know what I was getting into. I didn't know anything about the app culture. I was brand new and had no friends who were doing this at the time. So I had no guidance. I had no advice. I had, did not listen to any podcasts about this. I knew nothing. Um, so I just started swiping and I started getting a few matches. And I think one of, I think honestly, my very first match was. Felix. And we started messaging quite a bit. And I didn't know any better. So I gave him my number. And we started texting. Yes. Didn't do nothing. Broke all the rules. I knew nothing. Um, yeah, I broke one of my earliest cardinal rules of don't just like randomly give out to your number to internet strangers willy-nilly. Like you have to have some rules in place. But I had zero rules. So if you have no rules, you can't break any rules. I was just doing what I was doing, bumbling along on Bumble, sending some random man I knew nothing about in real life my phone number. And it was not like a dip your toe slowly back into dating. This was like a deep end, floundering, need a life preserver situation. Um, It wasn't great. Started off fine. Felix and I, um, we... Set up a lunch date on a weekday. He worked close to my home or in the same town. So it was easy for me to like on my work from home day, I popped over and we had lunch together. So like simple logistics, which we all know I really enjoy. I like it when it's, I don't have to drive very far and or go out of my way because apparently I'm really lazy. (laughs) So um, we had a, a nice lunch on a Friday. It was fun and it was comfortable and Felix was really nice. He did tell me some stories that once I learned more about him were definitely red flags, but I didn't know that at the time. So I can't share those stories yet. But he was kind of letting me know a little bit without telling me too much. Um, so, but it was fine. Like, we, it was a good lunch. And then we set up a date for the following week and we were texting a lot and talking a lot. So we met up for another date. And then as we were walking around, like maybe midway th- through this date, we went for a walk around his neighborhood. He let me know that he was an alcoholic and he had just gotten out of AA within, I think, the past month. Like he was fresh out of AA, kind of resetting up his life, lots of transition, a lot going on. That's a lot. It's, it's a lot. And I was fresh, fresh, fresh from my marriage, had not dated anybody, brand new. Like I 
didn't even know what I was getting into. I hadn't dated in 13 years. And this was very different than anything I had experienced. This was a big deal. Felix was a nice person. And I appreciated that he told me that as early as he did, because he also could have hidden it. He could have not told me that, you know, in the evenings he was going to meetings. And that's why certain nights he wasn't available. I knew that after he told me it made sense why he couldn't meet up, you know, the other night. Well, he had a, he went to a meeting and he needed to go to a meeting. Um, and he was very, you know, wanting to work hard at his sobriety and the program and everything. So I appreciated that he was very comfortable opening up and sharing this with me. Yeah. But his life was a total free fall. Like, he didn't have a stable living situation. He didn't have a stable job situation. He told me he had terrible credit. He received no money, no job, was renting this random room in this apartment in the city. And he was obviously like heavily going into meetings for AA. He was trying to get a sponsor. He had a lot happening. Yeah. And I had my own life and my kids and trying to figure out dating and working through my divorce and a job and a lot happening. And this wasn't a good situation for me at that juncture in my life. It was very heavy. It was a lot. That's not simple. It was not simple. It was not a simple situation. So I should have told him that it was nice to meet him, be happy to be his friend, but that, you know, probably wouldn't make sense for us to date. But I had no rules or boundaries for myself at that point with dating. I didn't know any better, unfortunately, or didn't want to take a step back and, you know, evaluate things. I just, you know, I'm like, well, he's really nice and I'm a pretty open person and, you know, I want to be supportive. And, you know, I went into, you know, very nice, right? Like, this is fine. He told me about it and whatever. It's totally fine. But just to, just to pause you for a second, what I think yeah. is interesting about that, do you think you had any self-awareness that maybe you weren't ready to date? You know, like in that situation, you're going through so much. And then like potentially thinking about dating someone who would need support and would need, you know, like everybody's got a lot going on. Do you think you had self-awareness that you had a lot going on as well at that time? I don't think I looked at it that way at all. I honestly went into kind of fix it mode. Like fix him. (laughs) Yeah, right. You know, I'm a project gal. I like to fix things. And I now know I do not try and fix the person I'm dating. (laughs) Like, if I need to fix them, I probably shouldn't be with them. Like, that's not a good approach to to dating. Um, But at the time, I was like, well, how could I help him, right? You know, he worked in the food industry. And he was working as a bartender at that point in time, which was also not a good situation for Felix for all of the obvious reasons. He had been a chef before, which I mean, it's a that's a tough industry for anybody suffering with an addiction because you're around a lot of drinking and late nights, a lot of drugs, all of that stuff. So of course I'm researching like, could he be a brunch chef? That wouldn't be late nights. I mean, I was totally off the deep end of like- Focusing on the wrong person. Focusing on things. Yeah. I was focusing on things that I should not have been focusing on because I had my own things to focus on. Yeah. But you know, at that point, I didn't really know what I wanted out of dating. I didn't really know what to expect. And I was still learning. And so again, I was just trying to be like very open to whatever was going on. And I was still dating other people. Like it wasn't I wasn't exclusively dating him. I was still on the app, still on the Bumble and matching and going on dates with nice people. And But I was still like talking to him or seeing him. So it wasn't 100% of my focus, definitely. But it was too much for me for where I was. It was just too much. It was just a situation that was far too much for me. Yeah. Um, 
And probably after about a month or so of us dating, talking, whatever, um, I was on a work trip and I FaceTimed him one evening from my hotel room and I noticed that he was acting kind of differently. Something was up. And of course, it turned out that he had been drinking again and he'd been drinking, I think, for a while um, and just, you know, obviously hadn't told me. That was a lot. And I was like... You know, going back to our first date, I mean, some of the stories he had told me on our first date, I didn't know at the time were stories of things that he had done when he had been really drunk. Oh, okay. And on our first date, he kind of left that, or maybe he had said he had been drinking and then like this thing happened. Well, it's because he was a very heavy drinker and got himself into a lot of not great situations, but on the date, it was like funny stories. And so in hindsight, like there are a lot of pieces where there was no way for me to have known that was a situation. Um, but he definitely, you know, it was there under the surface. It was a lot. Um, and I did, you know, after I found out he was drinking again, I did see him, I think, just one more time after that, which is, again, I shouldn't have even done that. Like, I should have just been, you know what, I need to step away for myself. But I just, you know, whatever, made the choices I made. So I saw him again. And then I found out, you know, we met up in the city and we were going to dinner somewhere and he later told me that night that he had been like standing on the street waiting for me. He had finished a beer out of a bag, thrown it in the garbage and then met up with me right after. But he was kind of giddy about it. I think you could tell he was not that I'm like a, you know, an armchair therapist or anything, but I've watched a lot of intervention. <laughs> like I binged the show intervention for a while. And what they talk about a lot with addicts, you know, they get really into the routine about their addiction. Like that's something that, you know, that's part of their addiction is the routine of when or how they do something and they get really into that. And he that night he opened up a lot about, you know, how much he could drink and how it leveled him up and how it did this and how I didn't know he'd been drinking. I mean, there was a lot of information Um that I think he probably had been drinking for the bulk of us dating. And I just had no clue. And I would ask him, like, are you going to your meetings or whatever? And of course, he's like, yes. And how's your sponsor? Good. Does your sponsor think you should be dating? Because I know that normally they don't like you to get into a relationship right after. Um, I have so many questions. Yeah. So but yeah, he's like, oh, no, it's fine that I'm dating. So I was like, oh, I don't know if this is a good idea once I had found out. So that finally, after that last time I saw him, I was like, I need to step away. And I probably had to break up with him multiple times over text to get him to acknowledge and understand that this was done. Like, I think he definitely wanted to cling on to whatever that was. And quite honestly, like my life was really like buttoned up and neat and tidy compared to his. So I'm sure that was really attractive as well. It was, just, you know, that was a lot. And I needed to step away and I did step away. Um, again, this was dating in the land of no rules and trying to be open to experiences and not really being able to take a step back and understand, you know, where you should or should not be. But I also later learned I usually now like I like to know who someone is in real life before I go down a path with them because I want to understand certain things. And I didn't do that with Felix either. Yeah. And later I learned that he had pending domestic battery charges and a DUI that he had recently gotten. So he had a lot of other stuff that was going on. Um, so I have a lot of questions about whatever legally was going on in his life that he did not know about. And that's a little scary to me to find out after the fact. But also, he was a pretty like gentle person. So I'm curious of kind of what that full story was. But it was also scary to learn that after the fact of like, there was a lot more going on with this person than I saw. I really just saw the tip of the iceberg. So I just I have so many questions and trying to figure out where to start. And I think 
the first thing I think about is, you know, like we both have people in our very close circle that battle addiction. It's so serious. And, but turning the lens back onto you, I kind of think about like, I'm just like picturing you encountering the situation now. I feel like right at the jump, you, if you had a connection with him, you'd be like, you know, I don't think we should date because it feels like you've got a lot going on. And I don't know that that's something I can take on right now, but we can be friends, you know, like, why don't we be friends? I feel like you would be so much more intentional about it. Oh, absolutely. And I think you would have boundaries about, I think it's interesting because people are in such free fall after divorce. They'll just, whatever, whatever Mm -hmm. comes into their path. Like there's no thought, there's no intention. Whereas like now I just don't see you doing this. Yeah. I knew it wouldn't or couldn't or shouldn't go anywhere. Like I didn't see that there was a future with this person by any means. I just don't think I knew how to like, cut ties that quickly and that it was okay to do that. That's probably, I just didn't know it was okay or I just didn't know how to back away in a way that made sense. Um, Yeah, now it's like, I'm very careful that I don't, you know, again, I'm very careful with my life and with my kids' lives and who I invite into my life. And, you know, I wouldn't go down that path again. You know, if I was in that situation again and it was somebody who had an addiction and they had been fine for five years or 10 years, or if it was a different situation, then, you know, would I entertain a conversation depending on the person and the story? Maybe. Um, But not somebody who, I mean, he had just gotten out of AA. He needed to work on himself. He clearly, you know, it's a struggle. It's a huge, huge struggle. You know, envy the path that he was going down because that's a lot. He had a lot working against him. He absolutely should not have been dating. I mean, it was just... He needed to focus on himself and obviously not angry with him for not telling me that right off the bat. But I, you know, I wouldn't have gone on a second date or continued to date him, I think, if I had known it right away. But I had already gone on two dates with him and I liked him. You know, there were things that I liked, obviously. And, you know, I continued to date him. So, yeah, I mean, I learned a lot. Well, what are you, and I realize this is kind of a funny question because I think right when I started dating, I was like, it was like a newborn baby knows nothing, you know? So this is a little bit of a funny question. I almost wonder if it's good, like, if anyone's listening and they, maybe they're just starting to date again. Um, Like, I know I wouldn't have been able to craft rules or boundaries for myself. I didn't even know enough to be able to do that for myself. Now I can because I'm a year in. Like, I'm in such a different place. But, like, looking back, if you would have been capable of it, what do you wish you would have, like, done differently there? Yeah, I mean – It's kind of a chicken and an egg situation in a lot of ways because it's hard to know what you're looking for or what you're willing to open yourself up to if you haven't had any experiences. And I think that's where I was really stuck. So I don't really have a good answer because you don't you don't know. I mean, if you've been dated over a decade, like it is all new. It is all different. You've never dated as a parent. You've never dated as a former wife. Like there are a lot of things that are so different about my life as a mid thirties dating with versus me when I was 22, when I was dating before. So it was so hard to figure out what I saw for myself or who I would want to be with or what I was okay with or not okay with. 
I think where I'm at now is because I had a lot of I had a lot of crazy experiences the first few months that I dated. And that is where how I am where I am now where I feel like I am pretty solid with who I will spend my time with and, you know, where I'll open myself up and where I won't, because I learned all of that then. Not that dating with no rules and boundaries is like the best idea. But like, it's it's hard to it's hard to set those other than like basic like safety rules are important. Don't give out your phone number immediately. Have a safety plan when you go out on dates, which I did have a safety plan. I always had friends. I didn't have you at the time, Heather. um, But I had friends who knew where I was at who I was meeting, where I was going, what that person looked like. I had all of that in place. So I wasn't completely bumbling around. Um, But beyond that, yeah, I had nothing. So well, it just kind of makes me think a little bit like this is all like kind of taking me back a little bit thinking about some of the situations. And this is, it's hard because I think part of it, like when you're newly back on the dating scene is your mind is in such a bad place and your heart is so beat up and you're a lot of times, I know my self-esteem was in the dumpster. Mm -hmm. You have these insecurity issues and we've talked about people on Tinder dating for attention and validation. I know I was like, I really had no, no, like anyone who paid attention to me that was halfway cute. Great. That was it. Yep. Um, whereas now, like, I'll just not date, you know, like, it's it's not that I need to choose between like, these are my options. It's maybe it's not any of them. You know, like I, I it's that attitude of scarcity versus being intentional. Like, mm-hmm. it's not what you can get. It's like honoring yourself and like that whole thing about I'm my person. Like, you're not going to find that in somebody else. And I think right right off a of divorce, you're in such a bad, 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 bad place. Anybody that pays you any kind of attention, you just like, it's like gasping for oxygen when you've been, you know, unable to breathe for so long. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, for me now, I don't know if I've said this before or not, but like I'm very careful about only going on the dates that I want to go on. Yeah. And I wasn't doing that before. I was like, well, they asked me out and we've been messaging. So I guess I should go. I don't really want to. Or maybe it'll be fine. Or I'm not really attracted to them. But they could be great in person. And those dates never turn out well. Because you can, you know, I could tell there was no connection there. And I was still like, well, I'll go on this date and see. Oh, he said this weird thing to me. But fine. We'll just meet up and see. I'd have days with like two dates back to back. And I was from date to date. And like... It was too much. Like, it was too, too much because I think I needed so much of that validation. I didn't want to free fall and be alone. You know, like, I wanted to know who was out there for me. What was it going to be like? I want to meet someone rather than just, like, taking a beat and figuring it out. Because you and I did overlap a little bit in that way. You know, like, maybe six, seven months ago. I think both you and I were. We were dating a lot. I was going on two to three dates a week. You were going on a lot of dates. I remember my my joke was, uh, my joke was, I like dinner. Like if someone asked me out, you know, I like coffee. You know, and just like you said, I would I would do that. Be like, well, I don't know. You know, maybe they're great in person, and they never were. You know, whereas with Ted, it took us six weeks to meet, and I knew after a few days, I was like, oh no, I like him. I don't know, you know. And then now, like, I'm not kidding. I go on maybe 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 one date a month. And it's been, if I go on more than two or three dates with a person, not that we're in a relationship, but I cool it with anybody else I'm talking to. Like, I'm just not doing that thing where I like dinner. It's, I like you. I want to spend time with you. And it's so much better. Yeah, I think that's, that's where I've understood my rules to kind of shift because obviously, like, 
I shared my story about Nate the Great, who I really adored. And we went from matching, talking, and meeting all in the same day, which is very quick. But the shift of that compared to other dates I had had before that might have ramped up as quickly. This was a date I really wanted to go on with someone who I really felt like I connected with and kind of understanding that you can absolutely connect with somebody over message in a real way. It doesn't mean you're going to like them in person because people are always a little, you know, they're different in person than they are over message, obviously. But you can definitely tell if there's something, if there's a spark there or an interest or commonalities and being able to weed out the ones where it's like, we're not, ha- why am I having this conversation with this person? We have nothing in common. They're really boring. Like, yeah. I need to unmatch with them. And now I'm like, well, I would never go on a date with that person. Sometimes I'm like messaging with people because I'm bored, which is terrible. But it's like, well, maybe we'll see. And then you realize you're in like a really boring conversation. I'm like, I'm never going to meet this person because I can tell you in person, we're probably going to be the same as what we are right now. But I didn't know that before. But a while back, you would have gone out with them, yeah, right? Absolutely. You would have like, mm-hmm. like if they didn't, like you would probably, if they didn't ask you out, be like, oh no, why didn't they ask me out? Even though you don't like them either. Yeah. You know? Well, I had one of those last week where I messaged with him all day and then at the end, I was like, oh, I'm never going to meet with this person. This is a boring conversation. I'm not into it. And someone else had matched with me and we were having fun conversations. And I was like, well, these are very different situations. I'm like, oh, now I feel bad. And he unmatched with me at the end of the day. And I was like, great. We both weren't into it. We both were bored. Let's move on. Not everybody is meant to connect in a big way um, or you would be going on hundreds of dates. Like it just doesn't make sense. So like understanding how to identify when you're really like um, connecting well with someone is a great rule to have to learn so that you are going on the dates that you really want to go on and not, not spinning your wheels on dates that, you know are going to be boring or, you know, you could be doing so many other things. So many other things. Yeah. Like if I'm going to give up a workout or something like in an evening instead, like I want it to be a really great date or I'd rather just be home on my spin bike. Well, it's just, I I think that's the thing that's like changed so big is like, why am I dating? Before it really was for attention or for distraction. And now it's like, do I want to spend time with this person? Mm -hmm. And most of the time I don't, you know, so then I don't go. Um, or I cut it off at that point. And then if I do go on a date, it's because like, I actually, I want to get to know them and see if there is something there. It's not for attention anymore. It's because I want to get to know them. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I I think that was the big thing that changed for me. Like, it's the why. Why am I doing this? Yeah. And then that, then there's this chain reaction. It totally changed the kind of people I go out with. Everything changed. Um, so this is probably a good point to kind of, because we kind of veered into this anyway. So mm-hmm. this is our finale, our season finale. We've shared a lot of dating stories. Um, you know, what do you, Laura, what do you feel like you've learned um, through sharing and talking about these stories? Well, it's been really cathartic to kind of go through some situations I've been in, some dating situations, and really like, really be honest with myself about some things that happened, some things that I wasn't happy about, some things that I was happy about. Um And I was able to really see like how I have dated in the past and how I want to date and how I want to be more intentional. Again, like we just said about what situations I'm putting myself into, who I'm connecting with. If I haven't matched with someone recently that I like, I can cool it and be fine. And eventually like I will connect with someone that I do enjoy. And that's the date that I would rather go on rather than the right now person. Um, And just valuing myself more and like... I mean, for me, again, like the Nate the Great story was such an important one for me. And I got really sad when I was writing it and talking through it because, you know, 
I miss him and I wish I could talk to him and he was such a nice person, but he, you know, opened my eyes to valuing myself more. So it was nice to revisit that and have that good reminder that um, good people are out there. Your paths do cross at the right times and, you know, people can be there for a short amount of time and really open your eyes to things that maybe you wouldn't have seen about yourself. So, well, my hope is, well, I know that that like time with him was real and there's a little part of me thinks that maybe he will pop back. I think you will. He's ready. Yeah. Yeah. You know, talking about this, all of these stories has been really great for me too. And like, we've made a lot of jokes <laughs> over, over telling these stories. But I think one thing that I thought was so funny is that, and we were just joking. We weren't actually judging most of these people. Lenny and David, those are two people I judge. Yeah. Terrible those people. Are terrible. Yeah. I'll say, I, I will just say I judge them. If you're going to cheat on your wife and then like call Laura linger, then you're not a nice person. <laughs> but, um, we made jokes about like, oh, we're going to judge our dates, but really we're judging ourselves. And that's totally a joke. But like, I think it's been really good for me to kind of like be thoughtful. Like these, these experiences that we've allowed ourselves to have, I feel like I learned a lot. And I think going back and really thinking about it now that I have some hindsight has been really helpful. The funny stories, I think like now I can look back on that and be like, oh yeah, I did that because I was looking for attention. That's mm-hmm. how I got into that hilarious little thing. Um, the two relationships I've had, you know, they were both very different. Those are hard to talk about. Like, I think, you know, after I did the the Rowdy Ryan story, you know, it's hilarious. Laura saw him on Tinder and I was like, mother of God, of course. Sorry. Yeah. She texted me about it and I was like, oh, it's a little knife to the heart. I'm just being honest and vulnerable here. Like that, (laughs) that was hard. You know, it's hard. It's hard when you know timing's off and they're not the right person for you and it was not good. Still hard. Doesn't mean the feelings aren't there. But that was hard. You know, and then telling the Ted story, this most recent one, like, that one was a little easier because it ended up being okay. You know, we're still in each other's lives in a really positive way, in the right way. We're friends now, just friends, and that's right for us at this point. Yeah, I've learned a lot. And you know what it also made me think about? Like, we've grown a lot over the last year. I think we've had some pretty low lows that were hilarious. Um, And then also some really positive moments. And like, I know for me, I think about where I was at a year ago and I was like lower than the floor, you know, and now I feel like I'm moving. I'm moving. I'm a lot healthier. I'm happier. I'm peaceful, which that's a lot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's a lot from over a year ago. So I'm really proud. I'm proud of both of us. This isn't easy. And I think... We really went for it. And that's how you make yourself better and you make your life better is to be brave and challenge yourself. And we did that. And you can see it in these stories. Jeez Louise, it got better. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think it's been helpful for me to kind of reflect back to where I was. I'm, I'm always the person who's looking like three steps ahead. I don't do well at sitting in the moment, which is, again, why my therapist is always like, why don't you just live in the moment? Just let things happen. It's okay. And I don't do that very well. And I'm the queen of that. I'm like, right now, everything is great. (laughs) And I'm like, well, can I go on a date with this person? Because what if we wanted to get married and we live in completely opposite? I mean, I like, I am just like, I just think ahead. It's just how I'm I know. wired. And so this has been helpful for me to acknowledge that, like, I'm not in any rush for anything. Whereas I think, you know, six, seven months ago, it was 
speed demon through everything. And like now I'm like fine to just take a beat. I'm pretty, I'm happy with where I'm at. I'm happy with things. I'm happy with some days I'm not happy with dating. Some days I am. Today was both. I was unhappy and happy with it. So, you know, I'm learning a lot and I'm learning to just take a pause and be okay with how things happen and not force or rush anything. So this has actually been very helpful to acknowledge those things in myself and figure out how I want to shift and change and that it is okay. We can't always be like looking ahead at everything. Although after some of the episodes, I was like, what was wrong with me? And I have a few other stories I didn't even share that they were like just slightly too embarrassing <laughs> to put all the way oh, out yeah. there. I have a whole list of those. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But anyway, I'm proud of us. I'm proud of anybody out there that's allowing yourself to have feelings. You know, that's my biggest accomplishment, I think, of the last year. Like, I didn't, I know we make jokes, Heather the Heartless, but like, it's a joke. Like, actually, like, I'm really proud that like, we're able to get out there and have feelings and care about somebody else. And I think that's actually hard to do after you've been through a divorce and you've had your heart broken so badly um, to actually be open to that again. Yeah. And I think that is like the hard thing of just putting yourself out there. And that's, you know, it's hard to do. It's hard to take the first step. Um, While we've had some crazy situations that we've learned from, like a lot of really positive ones as well. Like we've talked about people who've come into our lives who I really think were meant to come into our lives and that you learn from and you learn so much from these situations, but you have to put yourself out there through whatever way that you want to date, whether through apps or meeting people in person or through friends or whatever it is like, but I know a lot of people get really scared after a divorce to even move in that direction. And I understand that, but I think also it is how you grow and change after a divorce is having these experiences so that you don't end up with the wrong person again, that you like have enough experiences to know what you're looking for so that if you do want a long-term partner or a spouse or whatever it is in the future, that you are, you know, experienced enough to to meet the person that's right for you. And confront your shit. Yeah. Confront your stuff. That's hard. That's really scary to do. I mean, I and to take the pressure off, like I know this sounds weird. I'm not happy I got a divorce. It's not how I thought mm-hmm. my life would go. But I accept it. I accept that that's what's happening. And the way I think about it is there's nothing I have to do at this point. I, you know, like I, I did all the things I thought I had to do. I had kids. I got married. I bought a house. I had a career. And at this point, like my whole, like there's no, there's no bucket list. Like to me, like the whole goal is being peaceful, being happy being confident like it's how does my life feel it's not like what are the goals the superficial goals I want to accomplish in my life it's how do I want to feel in my life um so that's what it's shifting my focus in that direction honestly has been really helpful and then like however it goes is how it's supposed to go and it's really okay like I can't control and I shouldn't try to control everything about my life yeah I'm not quite that zen yet um but I'm not there, but I am realizing of all of the other things that I'm doing that make me happy that have nothing to do with anything related to my dating life. And I am very happy to be in that place where like, 
I'm focusing on myself. Like this year I got a tattoo. Oh, yeah. And it's an ampersand. And when I got it, I'd wanted it since my divorce for a couple of years because I like this idea that there's always an and for you. That's, there's always more. And I think when I initially thought about that ha- tattoo, it was thinking that, well, there's another person out there for me. And then I realized when I've had it, this is really a symbolism of like, I am that for myself. And like that and is choosing me and choosing the things that I want to do. And I have had some points since I've gotten it where, you know, I was dating someone and I was going to skip what I wanted to do. Probably a workout. And that's all we talk about or do is working out. You know, I was going to skip a workout to go be with that person. And then I was like, no, like your goal was to go to this workout or whatever. And I saw my tattoo and I was like, choose yourself. Like my tattoo is me choosing myself. And I didn't realize that for a long time. Like my life right now is me choosing myself and my happiness because when I was married, I wasn't happy and I didn't have that freedom to choose the things that really felt good to me. And now this is my opportunity to do it. Like my house, my rules, like my life, my schedule. And it's very freeing to get to that point. Does this mean you have switched sides to the you don't believe you need to find your person? You're your person. (laughs) Have I converted you? You're like, nope. I mean, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I am probably my person, but I would like another person with me at some point. Like that is my goal. Like I would like that, but I'm not going to forego myself in order to get to that person. Like I need to come first. And that sometimes is really hard for me to do and to set those boundaries. And that's what I've been learning is like, I'm the priority here. And if I'm at my happiest, then I am better with anybody I'm with, whether it's my kids or someone I'm dating or my family, like I have to be at my happiest point. I wasn't good at that for a really long time. So yeah, on that note, that's probably a good point to wrap it up. Yeah. Oh, this is sad. I know. Well, thanks everybody for following along on this journey. More soon. Yeah. All right. Have a good week. Talk to you later. Still thirsty? Check us out on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and thirstythepodcast.com. Say hi, send a note, share a story with us. Because sometimes life leaves you wanting just a little bit more.